pretty excited about this week's podcast with me, Scott Holloway, the man who thought he'd ring up an Australian company and go, can you build us a bobsled suit? How are you, mate? I'm really, really good. Uh, Really great to be here. Good to catch up again, mate. It is. Let's, Let's rip in. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy, and with me is Scott Alloway, who was, were you the commercial director, or what was your position at Great Britain Bobsled back then? Well, I was... Uh, prior to us actually, uh, I was commercial director, but yeah. previous to that, I would, I'd been an athlete for a number of years yeah. and um, and then made the transition over once I was uh, uh, t- too old to compete anymore. Oh, that never stops, does it? Always once compared, no, no, in my head, compared. in my head. I'm, 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 every, every year I'm planning a comeback, don't worry about that. <laughs> so, mate, let's rip straight in before we chat about you and stuff. I want to talk a bit about body science, if that's cool with you. Why yep. Why would someone who is and, – am I correct in saying running an Olympic program? Like That's the whole concept here, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Come yep. to us and say, hey, will you guys build us a bobsled suit? Because I'm going to tell yeah, people I mean, it, my, my response to you after you tell me that. Like, we still piss ourselves laughing about it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, I guess it's like asking a Saudi to build an igloo, isn't <laughs> exactly. it? It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, does no. it? No, I, I, t- I, t- I tell you what, you know, if I wind back to, you know, when I was competing, it was probably a time where uh, in the annals of um, the history of the sport, we'd probably all rather forget. And, and it was mainly made up. <laughs> The sport was made up of athletes from other sports, as it always is from uh, Bob say. But it, we, you know, I, I was the time I was working in London, I had a full time job around a company there, and I was training part time, you know, and part time athletes give part-time results you know and and if you look at I mean it's sport in the UK if you're a, a, an Olympic sport which we were and you have medal winning potential then you get UK sport funding I, I, I guess it's similar to like the Australian Institute of yeah, Sport exactly. you know how yep. they fund yep. how they fund sports and we were so far away from that so we had no money we had had nothing and I, and I remember you know when I got selected to to compete I was really really excited you know because what you see on TV the sleds everything all looks pretty slick it's an epic um, yeah, yeah, it looks great, but you know, behind the scenes, I mean, it was a total shambles. You know, we a lot of the we were all we were all self-funded athletes. Um, things like the equipment was was bad, and even down to the race suits. I mean, each in a four-man sled, there were four race suits. Now, it didn't matter if the I'm, I'm not a big big athlete. You know, I'm probably five ten in my high heels. You know, but if the guy <laughs> before me was six four and you know twenty kilo, it didn't matter. It was they were just you know, and actually sometimes they didn't even wash them in between races you know and, and it, it was pretty pretty horrific and um you know you, you can't you can't help notice you know as I, I was a little bit older i was in my 30s and you know and i'd been working in you know had a, and you just look at this and go you know we could do so much better than this and so after i finished in 2010 i joined the board of directors as commercial director because you know to be able to compete you need things particularly if you're not being funded by uh by 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 the by UK sport so um I, I basically I looked at everything that we needed the first thing we needed was money um 
uh, and then it, bobsleigh is a really, really, really expensive sport. You, you know, we uh, it's like a traveling roadshow for six months. So we we leave in a number of vans, could be up to ten vans. Uh, we travel over to Europe, then we go to North America. We, then we have to hire more vehicles. So it sort of runs on a three-month cycle: three months in uh, Europe, then three months in the uh, in the in North America. Uh, we need cars, we need races, we need helmets, we need all sorts of preparation materials, and we had so little. We didn't have anything really, you know. The helmets we were using, like, been on the shelf for six years, you know. Though wow. it was all pretty horrific. And so when I when I um, when I sort of changed over to, to to being a board director, we at the t- we took on a guy as our performance director called Gary Anderson, who I didn't know, um, uh, but fortunately lived quite local to me. He was only fifteen miles down the down the road, and I met him at there's a, a running track where I trained at uh, uh, not far from me, and, and we had a meeting one one evening and I, it was only supposed to be a 30 minute meeting and we were still there three hours later you know it was a real meeting of minds he was a really interesting guy really grumpy though I quite but I quite liked him you know like he was just sort of a, but but he got things you know he was a real doer he got things done and we just sort of sketched out he goes well you know what do you need to be able to to compete and 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 so we so I listed out the things I just said you know vehicles you know, helmets race suits money um, and he goes well what have we, how much of that have we got at the moment I said well, none of it, you know, we, we haven't got anything. <laughs> and he goes, well, okay, well, let's not just settle for getting stuff. You know, what we have to do, the mentality of the sport is whatever you do and whatever you get has to make the sled go faster, right? Because if we're going to, if we're 2010 now, and let's say the ambition by 2014, and this is the ambition, he said, or I'm not going to join, you know, I'm not going to stay in the sport, is we want to win an Olympic medal, right? Yep. So so we, we, we know what we're no hopers at the moment. So then we, um, so then we just sort of started listing out all the suppliers we really wanted to work with. Now, there's another guy who I, I think you guys spoke to from time to time, Chris Woolley, who was also an athlete at the time, had just also crossed over. He was one of these guys who, who had made himself into the Superman version of himself. So if you look at him as a, as a basic, basic athlete, he probably wasn't that suited to Bob. So he wasn't quite big enough, but he'd taken his to his numbers from average to um, to fantastic, but they were as good as he could ever be. And, and he, the guy also has got like degree in biomechanics, sports science. So he basically made himself. So we said, look, what you've done to yourself, you have to accept the fact that you know it's uh uh he's pound for pound you're the best athlete we have but it's not a pound for pound sport right you know we need we need big she said if we can you can take what you've done and then start putting that instilling that into all the athletes we bring on board will be fantastic that would be great so designing all their uh, their strength and conditioning programs and and running all the sessions um but also he said then i we were talking to him so you know let's let's talk about the the race suits and he just said look there's there's one company uh, and he was always wearing bsc stuff was he really you know yeah 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 i mean he's a strange man you know but uh (laughs) but but a a great guy you know and he just said look of all the stuff i've tried out um he said because first we need to move away from just basic lycra which is all these other race suits were and they were all made by adidas every um race suit uh for every nation was was adidas it was just cheap lycra um he said we we need to move into to compression and 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 i said well why and he said then he was talking about the 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 recovery the 
the injury prevention, you know, the, the 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 performance gains that we got for it. And he goes, so there's one company, you know, we need to work with is BSC. So um, get 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 in touch with them, and 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 then it, there it was. I thought, well, okay, I'll rig on a Australian company that they'll be up for this. Um, <laughs> thinking, I'll you know, it'll be a short conversation, and and, and it ended up being we, you know, we we, we got in contact, and uh, and and then I just I couldn't believe that you guys would be crazy enough to do it. But I like the the it was just it was immediate. Goes well, we love the sound of this. This is different. This is a challenge, and you know, we'd spoken about the ambition of uh, to become Olympic medal winners, and yeah, it was just uh, the, the, the fantastic response that, that went to working together for for the four years that we did. Mate, I, I actually recall that phone call. Uh, it's one of my funny stories I tell when I have a few beers. I remember saying because I knew nothing about bobsled apart from probably watching a Jamaican bobsled movie, which everybody obviously mentions to you when you say what you do. Cool running, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember saying to you, okay, the CFO is probably not going to love this idea. So, mate, how big's the sport? And you're thinking that it's like, I don't know, rugby league where there's a bobsled team in every city. And I remember you said to me, nah, there's, um, it's only hosted in one spot. And I'm going, okay, cool. And I'm thinking over here, touch football, a, a touch football will have up to 200 teams under an all age group. And I thought, oh, so how many teams are we talking for these suits? And you've gone... Two uh, uh, men's and women. Men's and women. <laughs> and I've gone. Okay, so we're going to make a specific bobsled suit, and there's twelve athletes. Was it? Well, yeah, yeah. it's for, for the for initially, yeah, but obviously the program ended up being a bit lot bigger than that. But, oh, we yeah, made heaps in the end, but yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I had to I had to go to the board here with Nathan and Sheree and go, hey, I got this really great idea. You know, we can be involved in a great sport, and it's it's all down the line. You know, we love our compression, and let's push ourselves. And by the way, there's no sales. And we're going to make 12 suits. And... <laughs> And by the way, we've never seen one. We have no idea what we're actually saying yes to. Because I remember you saying to me, I'll send one over. And I've gone, no, don't do that. Because we'll just cop the team will just go, oh, I'll look at it and go, you've explained to me why you want to get out of that suit. I can present That's that it, to the yeah. team. And to, to yeah. date, the only bobsled suit we've all seen is the one we made. We still haven't actually seen a um, traditional bobsled suit. So it was, um, yeah, yeah. but I remember like working with Cell and working with Sheepy. And, and yourself on the prototype and what you wanted from it. It was really interesting back then for our team to take what we'd learned from compression and put it into like firstly a, a connecting a bottom and a top suit is, might sound simple like you sew it together, but it's not because yeah. you've got some videos of people that had um, bobsled suits that didn't quite fit properly. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of torn oh, bums. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really fun time for us to to work with you guys in that space and it still sits in the boardroom. We I, I managed to keep one and you 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 were very kind to send me over a helmet that went with it. So yes. we have a mannequin oh, sitting yep, in our boardroom with both of them on. Fantastic. Fantastic. Every now and then one of the staff members puts it on and walks through the factory on, and yeah, I go, yeah, get that <laughs> fucking thing off. There's a, yeah. It's a one-off. It's, not, it's probably the only one left. Can you put it back? And by the way, that helmet yeah, costs a lot more money than you think it did. <laughs> Yeah, we, we got the, um, we ha I've got a few of the prototypes still. And um, if anybody rocks up to a fancy dress party, not in fancy dress, you know what they end up as. You know, so. Mate, the suit I like, it was, it was great doing the national suit or yeah. if that's, a, if that's a right word to use, but that black black one yeah, the black yeah. one we did one. and i remember one of your major sponsors was it phillips one of your major sponsors uh, Vo uh, I think volvo, my, volvo yeah yeah and i remember we yeah, had to yeah. make them for volvo they loved it that much we had to make them suits as well and it was a it was a just yeah, it was yeah. a really there's so many fun relationships in sport and so many relationships that you know if you sat back and said i had to write a book you know this would be a chapter because it was such a cool part in time to deal with you and the passion from you for the sport back then i had no idea like i just heard your history leading into it i had no idea 
I thought it was like a, you know, you think of UK sport, you think of football and all those things, which are so cashed yes. up. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, for you to say that, you know, we're wearing old this and old that and six year old helmets um, makes me even, gives me even more no, joy to what happened back then because it was. um Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is as well, you know, the, the, there was the, um, as an athlete, you know, when you're, uh, the whole teamship thing and the whole performance thing moves on from, so you, you know, you, you rock up and you get that stuff. It just doesn't make you, it's not going to make you uh, want to uh, perform or, or you know, it, it certainly doesn't sit in the plus box. And 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 that was one of the things, you, you know, we, particularly Gary was really, uh, uh, Gary Anson, the performance director was, look, you know, we if you want athletes to perform like athletes, they've got to look like them. They've got to feel like Absolutely. it. And, uh, and, 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 you know, and I remember when the, the excitement, when the first prototype suit came over and Chris and I tested it out and we said, this is, this something, this something magical about it, you know, cause it was different. Uh, and I like different as well. Different in, on its own can be a, a great motivator rather than just the, and so we tested it out and then we sent it back and said, right, okay, there was, there was a few modifications we had to make on it. And then I think pretty much off that, the, the, the race suit that the first suits that we, um, that we got were, were, were ready to go. And I, and I remember just, and the other thing sitting down with the athletes and saying, right, you know, the idea is now that each of you will have two of your own race suits made to measure in your size you know they they looked at me like a, a discovered fire or something you know it was uh it, it was um it was really 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 you know the reaction but then it was a bit like you know eyes rolling on another board member you know promising stuff they won't deliver and i said well here's the first prototype and it was like you know like in uh, pulp fiction when he opens the suitcase and the orange light comes out they're like wow you know this is uh this is different and um uh and, and then you know when the first batch came over and the athletes were you know delighted you know they 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 put them on and I say, well, who am I, you know, who am I sharing this with? And said, no, no, th- this is your suit. And then, you know, this is your second suit, you know, so if you're going between, sometimes you might have races back to back. So you go to Austria uh, Eagles for Innsbruck for one race, and then you might be off to Germany the next week. You might not always have a chance to wash your race suit in between because you fit, you jump in the, after the race is done, you're pretty much packed and go. You might be able to wash it when you get to, but maybe you wouldn't. And it was just like, or, you know, you might, you might get into a bit of a, a crash and maybe damage the race suit so well you know we don't want damaged race suits on um uh or, or, you know on tv and stuff like that and again we think about yeah you know we want you guys to look the business and um uh, and then also at the same time you know those helmets that you got you know they were via kbc and they fitted in with the you know we even took the blue color that you guys were using and made sure it matched the helmet you yeah, know and unreal. it was and so, yeah, and they're still they're, they're still coveted now. Those helmets now because KBC did a limited production run paint job that was all of that, and it just it just lifted everybody. Uh, 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 and but then also was the you know how different they were compared to the old race suits when the athlete put them on, you know, like the, the muscle support. Uh, and, and, you know, we found things like um, injury levels were dropping because you have to remember, like, it's a, it's a freezing cold environment and it's a high explosive sport. And, you know, sometimes there might be a delay before the start. Uh, you know, your sled goes on and there might be a crash. So you're waiting. It's cold. You know, it, it's a it's a recipe for, for injury. Mm. And, and we just we found things like, you know, that the, 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 the we, in, you know, the athletes were getting injured less. You know, and, and it was just, but I really like the best thing. Well, one of the best things was the reaction from the other nations. You know, so we rocked up with, because, well, you know, Germans, well, where's your Adidas? 
you know <laughs> and we're like and, and and you know they're all they're like you could almost we almost had to we had to almost protect them in the changing rooms because we thought they might try and pinch one you know um and just seeing their reaction you know what and and at the same time was this rise you know that everything started you know because we actually get some money together we had it we managed to have a funded year because because we got so much great support from uh you know the other uh some of the other sponsors so like we managed to do a deal with volvo for cars we got um Hendy Hire, who would only we were only supporting one one athlete, Paula Walker, um, and she was great enough to let us go. Well, what you talk to them, see what you can do for the whole team. So then we had all the vans, so we weren't spending any money. Yeah. And by the way, money we didn't have. And then we did a deal with uh, LV Insurance via by their Britannica arm for some cash, not a lot, but it got us going. Um, and so that was sort of t- twenty, and then uh, in the 20, 2011, so 2010, 2011, so almost we straight away. I, I don't remember, but Paula um, won. She won the World Junior Championships, uh, so she was World Junior Champion, and that just that opened the door to UK sport funding. So they yeah. gave us a little bit after that, and that we made that little bit go a long way. Um, and then suddenly, you know, we were able to recruit better athletes because we could offer them, you know, not an, a, a, an embarrassment and a shambles, but we looked the part, and and then we could get them. We could p- pay. We could pay for their expenses and maybe a little side money as well. Uh, and then after that, we started in the in the uh, with John Jackson. Uh, we we got a we recruited three really really good athletes. I mean, we had Joel Fearon who joined us. Who I mean, he's a nine nine six guy for the hundred. He's like the fourth fastest guy in history. He wasn't at the time, but he had that potential. And we uh, we got uh, Bruce Tasker, who was the Welsh four hundred meter champion, but big guy, but phenomenal athlete, and Stu Benson. And they just gelled behind John. And then we started to get good results and then that after 2012 so we had a two year two and a half years to the olympics we got full uk sport funding which was for you know for uh, quite a few million you know and uh, and it was just and i just remember you know sitting down with gary thinking you know (laughs) what we've had a mad mad two years and (laughs) and i I remember to just give you you know an idea on on numbers so when um when i uh, when i first became commercial director you know i got really busy and you and, and you know the reaction from yourselves was similar to a few of the others because we had the story you know the journey is we want to finish with an olympic medal in 2014 did i believe it I thought, well I I, probably not but i thought you know if we shoot really really high we might you know might come ninth or something you know which would be a big improvement but actually it, it created a bit of momentum but after about three months three and a half months in the job i got um we got an invited to um the british olympic association the boa in london to talk about sponsorship Sponsorship. I mean, they hadn't. They had no idea what I'd, be, I'd been up to, and it was really so. It was all the winter at seven Winter Olympic sports, and it was really to give us a, a bollocking because uh, we uh, we none of the sports were really doing anything. And they, you know, I'm sat in this room with guys from you know skiing and yeah and all the other the biathlon and bits and bobs, and they're going. So look, during your Olympic quad between 2006 and 2010, all four of your sports, you said we've you've submitted all your sponsors sponsorship raised £60,000 between you in cash and value in kind, you know, so like races. 
So I'm like, really? So, uh, so I kind of stuck my hand up, and uh, and they were like, yeah, the, yeah. This I'm from uh, Bob, so I've, I took over about three and a half months ago. So I, you know, I've had a little bit of joy, and they and they said, well, yeah. So, well, tell us about it. what are you up to there. I said about about three hundred and fifty thousand uh, quid. <laughs> and they were like, what? <laughs> so either I, I got casted off to a different room, then you know, to you know, check to see I wasn't making it up. And and they really, and they said, so what have you been doing differently? I said, well, the thing is, I said, there's this acceptance in winter sport in the UK because we're not an alpine nation you know yeah. it's it's people get interested in it during the olympics you know because it's you can't put it's not a participation sport you know if you look at why does everyone love formula one not everybody but why does formula one have a big following because everyone drives a car Absolutely. you know or yep. people played football when they were kids or you know so they, you, you have there's no connection with winter sport because it's we can't do it in in, in this in this um in this country and um and, and they were just saying so what have you done i said well the thing is i said you know this is like I said there's an acceptance amongst the the winter sports that it's just the way it is. No one's interested, and so they don't even try. They'll put they'll put some stuff up on their website, and they they might send out a e- email out occasionally to somebody, but they just sit there with their hands out, you know, and 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 wonder why they don't get anything. And I said, look, I, and I talked them through exactly the process. Did it? I sat down with Gary Anderson, and we'd listed out, you know, the ideal people we'd like to work with, and and or what we needed to get going. And then I just did what I did with you guys you know you pick up the phone Absolutely. you know because it's a novel uh, idea isn't it? <laughs> how, how do you how else do you have a relationship with anybody if you're not talking to them yep. and uh and and also you know i took the point of view that no one's going to wake up in the morning and think oh i think i'll sponsor the british bobsleigh team today <laughs> uh yeah, it's just not going to happen is it <laughs> but actually if you're stuck at work and um uh, and you get a call from the british bobsleigh team you think well this could be interesting everyone's seen cool runnings you know yep. i mean what's the worst thing that could happen yep and then you just it just 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 went from there you know i mean there was a lot of phone calls you know and there was a lot of mm, well we might be interested but that's you, you, that's just life isn't it mm-hmm. you know but what you know the one thing you do know if you do nothing nothing will happen mm-hmm. but actually the reaction was fantastic from from lots of people and and um but yeah, you guys were the first people that i rang so i, I was off to a good start <laughs> um, <laughs> um uh, and actually like it like all things you know it's like greg you run a business is it's momentum isn't it you it build is. that momentum yeah. and and you get a bit, a bit of success i think if if I'd started with all the phone calls that were all the no's, it might have been different. But it, it was um, that that yeah yeah it was fantastic. It was it was it was it was it was amazing amazing time. Um, uh, and I was lucky also being a former athlete or literally just retired athlete that had that little bit of credibility as well about it. Yeah. I wasn't uh, a marketing agent ringing up on behalf of you know I could. I think could that's how you let in actually, it. if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm not a marketing person. Just yeah, I'm one. Yeah, like yeah, I've, I've, I've got a dream. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's. Uh, this is it and 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 i need some help you know you, you put dream and help together most people are interested in, and that at least will listen uh, and then you've got to put you know put it together and also i mean gary was great because he'd put some structure around it um you know he did he'd been done very well in some other sports and he just put a structure around it and 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 made it feel like it was probably more substantial than it actually was it was it was, it was fantastic and and you know so we got the momentum and then we you know the results started to come and that and that was the the, the 
they're, they're, they're the two things, you know, you, you hope it will happen. And you, you do, if you do all the right things and you do enough of them, you hope you'll get the results off the back of it. But it doesn't always work like, but, but you have to do the right thing. And it, and it just, just went from there. I think Paula winning the world championships and world junior championships in 2011 was a, a good headline. And, and, and that really, again, that, again, that opened that door. And then we had a little bit more funding and then, you know, then the avalanche from UK sport. And then it just, it felt real, you know, mm. it was, uh, um, yeah. And year on year, the athletes were producing and getting better uh, and all the way to um, the, the Sochi games in 2014. But yeah, it was amazing journey, really. And uh, that journey ended with a medal. So you well, yeah, it didn't, true it, to it your didn't, word. It, yeah, but it didn't, it didn't though, did it? Because in it, it true sort of, um, you know, I don't know, bobsleigh style there was a there was a bit of a crash along the way because the i mean i was there in sochi and it you know there was um uh, as a spectacle the amount of money they spent on it was phenomenal it was like four times more than the 2012 london olympics and they ne- they never felt like they were underfunded mm. but you know um but you know so the four man was always our our strongest event in that it got became our strongest event over that four-year period with the, with uh jacko and the boys and they were so close you you, you you know, we but on the, the after the four runs, you know, because it's four runs that make up the competition, and you know, we we were fifth, and I thought, well, it felt like real success. I mean, like, but it was because it did, you know, fifth, and we're, you know, like I said, a non-alpine nation. Uh, it, it wasn't a medal, and I and I, you know, and I was I was sort of happy because you know, if we'd finished twelfth or something like that, I'd be like, mm, you know, you'd let we felt like we'd let everybody down, but fifth, and we were so close to that third place for the medal, and actually pretty close to second. But you, you know, then the the doping stuff came out because we finished behind two Russian sleds and we'd we'd already they they have a long long history of of doping in sport it's state sponsored it's gone on for for decades you know right back to the 60s and 70s because they place so much national pride and emphasis on doing well in sport it means everything to them to the point where they'll they'll cross the line Uh, and I remember back in my first race um, one of my first races in my first season in 2007 for, for Britain was in uh, uh, St. Moritz and we were in Switzerland and we were, pra- it was a practice, we, you practice for a few days and what you do, you, you know, you've got, a, there's an order of which you go in and, and, you know, we're wheeling the sled along to get it in position and we're right behind, there were two Russian athletes in front of us. I'm funny if it was, I was Chris and I were, Chris Woolley and I, the, the performance, he's an athlete at the time, we're pushing along and I couldn't get over the shape of the athlete in front of me. Like, <laughs> you have a good, well built athlete you know you think great and I said to him I was like, I was like Woolly shape of this bloke in front of us and he just looks at me because he's a guy with all the sports knowledge <laughs> and he goes he just goes why that's not normal I said I know it's not normal why don't I look like that he said because you eat food and drink water yeah you don't you don't use the, the, the other stuff you know and I was like what other stuff and he goes drugs I'm like oh right okay you know like I was like I'm so naive I said they, they, they still do that and they were like <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, so we, you know that was that was 2000 so you know we 2014 and we, we we knew it but we couldn't prove it yeah exactly yeah. um but then the you know the the the, it, the uh, not long after not long after you know the the the, uh, the investigation started because um you know the uh the the result you know their doping results were unusual in as in so clean um and then the whistleblowing 
elements of Rodchenko when he came out. And then that led to the, you know, the McLaren investigation. You know, and, and the finding was just shocking, you know, like the, they had the, the FSB, which is, you know, the, the modern equivalent of the KGB, they, they were in there. So all the athletes were submitting clean samples, you know, when they were clean. And then the FSB were in the doping labs during the games, swapping the samples over. Wow. You know, and I remember Dick Dick, Knight, Dick Pound from um, Awada just saying, what, what possible interest would the Russian state have in an athlete's urine, you know, and, and only a Russian athlete's <laughs> urine, you know, and and that was shocking. So then, you you know, we we were then that, that that kind of well, actually, you know, it looks like yeah, we've got every chance we might get a, a medal out of this, but you know, it took it took six years, you know, of of uh, but we, you know, we, we, before the athletes. Uh, you know the Jacko and the boys got their 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 medals and and uh, you know for an athlete in Bob said we're not you know we're not like a you know professional a Premier League footballer or a highly paid tennis player they're in it for the medal that's mm-hmm. that's what they're they're there for you know they you know they receive a wage but it's pretty low uh, and um, you know they they I, I felt for them because they'd lost their moment you know they, it was nice that they've now got their medals and there was a great presentation at the British Olympic Ball but it's not the same and then actually for the sport because I'd left after after 2014 I'd done eight years and it was time for me to you know I'd, I'd concentrate 100% on my on my career and um or just actually get some sleep actually which was more like <laughs> I love it. Uh, and um uh but actually it would have been nice to have left that legacy of a medal because actually what would have happened then was we would have got better funding yep. uh, from UK sport as medal winners um we would have had from a commercial opportunities point of view you know a lot more because we delivered on this you know this was part one we've gone from the scrap heap to to, to Olymp- olympic medal winners the next stage is we want to go from bronze to gold that would have been my yep. message if i'd stayed in the but of course we were fifth you know so and and uh so we missed out on all those potential commercial opportunities and actually pay back for all our you know guys like yourselves um who'd been so important so integral part of the journey you know every you know i say to every everybody who helped us you were you know you were another tenth of a second off each run you know you made you were a material difference to where we were to where we got to you know you can't you can't just say oh it, it, that it's absolutely uh, a part of that so it would have been nice for you guys to have made something more of it because but then six years later you know, you know so we lost that we lost that moment the athletes lost the moment everybody lost the moment and then you know after you know post 2014 yeah you know the sport has really been in decline unfortunately and you know it's a shame but but you know it may have be, you know, we may have been able to build something, you know, a lasting, um, uh, uh, keep that momentum that we, you know, we've spoken so much about, but we lost that, and and it and it was a shame. Uh, but 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 conversely, to it's great that the truth came out. Yeah, you know, uh, that the, the, that the 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 dope. It was another kick in the in the what's it's for for the dopers uh because uh you know and i remember you know chatting to athletes from other sports and we had jason gardner who was a you know top sprinter olympic gold medal relay runner when we were talking about it and he was saying you know um tim montgomery who um uh ended up in jail actually for all sorts of different misdemeanors but you know he he, he was briefly world record holder over 100 meters but he'd got done for doping and, and just chatting to jason and he goes i'm glad he's in prison and i 
hope he hates it in there because he's taken so much from us as athletes and myself and my family he goes goes this is how much extra prize money i would have won these are how much bonuses i would have missed out which meant i could have got better trainers and yep. i could have gone on and on and it and it's you know it's there, there aren't any winners in it you know tim was in jail the russians are banned from olympic sport we lost our moment and he just said what's the, you know what was the point yep. <laughs> you know uh, but so truth true. came out and it was and it, and it was great you know I, you know seeing the boys up on stage i mean they're not as fit as they used to be <laughs> you know but, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, but, but it was great it was just it was it was wonderful you know i you know I, I wanted to have a good cry to be honest because it just felt you know it just felt amazing but but there's always that button there but but yeah just and you know i, I wish it had, we we could have we could have delivered or felt like we delivered at, at the time for, for you guys and, and all the other guys that helped us but it but it we got there in in the end Hi, I'm Tom Green, Olympic champ from Tokyo. And if you want the best tasting protein bars on the market, you should try the new Body Science Moose Range. Greg, you better be testing those. Mate, they're getting drug tested, got you covered. Just even looking at the, you know, the business, the sport rankings and enjoying the growth in that space with you because um, you were an exceptionally good communicator of you know what was happening, where we're at, the performance gains. And you know we, we got a lot back from that, from development of our products too, from perspective of the amount of information you gave us back and training shots. I mean, you, you, unless people go back and look at the photos of what you do in training you can't explain it to someone it's like no other sport yeah, it's, yeah. it's incredible yeah. and and the, yeah. the athletes that you had were like jacko or john john jackson like when he got his medal he reached out and contacted us and and said thank you you know what i mean like there's yeah, just fantastic umble- and he i mean he was he was an incredible human in, in, in himself like he, yeah. Yeah. yeah just i mean you pretty much were hey greg hey greg look what we've done look it's awesome but he to have the athlete come in as well and and yeah, say yeah, that yeah, i mean yeah. it was it was a really good relationship relationship for our you know our brand's 23 so it's a good chunk of you know a third of that life is with with you guys and we loved every minute of it it was so much fun i'm not sure the design team liked it at first because (laughs) they didn't have a clue what they were doing but from a perspective of where it all went and what it what it was and that relationship it's something that we talk about all the time here because it really is a massive part of our history and i can't thank you enough for that it was i'm so glad you reached out that day i know yeah the the the, the, uh, the pleasure's all mine mate it was uh, it was fantastic and you know and i think you remember you saying it's like well you know it's a bit like a concept car you know we're <laughs> going to build it and uh, and see what see what people think but I, i'm glad you guys felt some uh, uh, benefit from it it's so important to, to, to me personally that, that you guys got a lot out of it you know because it was uh, it was an amazing time it felt amazing and it still does now you know when we think back to it you know it was really funny and i've told this story a thousand times you've probably heard it we didn't have anything to test with so, you know, to make a garment for someone standing up versus someone in different positions. And like we watched yep. a lot of videos on what happened to the athlete during that 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 power speed moment into what happened yep. during the, um, what do you call it when you go down a hill? What's that called? The ride, the, uh, the run, the run, yeah, yeah, the run, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the, yeah, run. Yeah, the load, yeah, the the load is getting into the sled, so so it's the put push start yeah. load and then do the run down. Yeah, yeah, yeah so we it. spent a lot of time looking. <laughs> All we had was you know those handheld pallet jacks, you know the ones with the yeah, two yeah. big prongs <laughs> in the handle. Yeah, Fuck, yeah the number yeah, of yeah. times we went around the factory in that thing, just getting low, getting high, and I've got I, I've promised to send you the video. I've got to send it to you of sheepy going around the factory in that because I remember with the last prototype, we're like we've got to test it before because you know they're not standing upright they're not running athletes in the whole journey of where you know start to finish and yeah we the number of times that we got on that thing and just pushed that around was hilarious and um i'll have to send you the video 
video because it's something that no, you have to, I, I do it. But the other thing as well, I do, you know, I look at the evolution of the suit as well, and, and because Adidas are a big yeah, you know, global company. Here are here are your race suits, right? That we're the same. We've been going for years. They're exactly so. They just look different for each each nation. But then there was the things like you know, like and I, and I remember saying to you, well, look, one of the issues as a as a fella just before the start of a race, you know, you, you always need to go for a wee. Now, the problem is, is that with all these Adidas races, they just they only go down to about, your, you know, your, your navel, your belly button. So you have to pull the whole thing down, you know, like, and you're in, it's in a busy yes, toilet, you know, you know, <laughs> drags on the ground and all the rest of it. You know, you want to be just thinking about the race. You don't want to be thinking about your, your race suit. Yep. you know, uh, uh, mopping up the toilet floor. Uh, and and then you're like, okay, what about if we do, and you're like, well, can we do a longer zip down to the down to the, the, the area uh, <laughs> uh, that needs looking after, but do a double zip so we don't have to undo the old suit. So do it so you can just do the bit open. Tom the bottom bit. zip. Yeah, 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 yeah Tom bottom. And, and like, so then when that, you know, it's amazing from an athlete's point of view, they were so happy. They were like, oh, great, we don't have to take the whole suit off. And then they're like, yeah, but the the, 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 the zip's metal. He said, you know, when we're crouched over with our chin on our, on the top, it's digging into our chin a little bit. So then the next one came over with these, you know, much softer plastic zip, you yep. know, and they're like, oh, this is brilliant, you know, like, but it's, but it's made just things like that, you know, from an athlete's point of view, if you're listening and you're delivering, you know, then if they, then they have to listen and deliver when it's, you know, their turn to be, you yep. know, and it was just great, you know, those, uh, just those little, little differences. Now, even now I look at the race, it's like, oh, it was so much easier, <laughs> you know, because you always need that last minute one. And, and, uh, and if you could just improve, improve that, because you just want the athlete to be focusing on what you're supposed to be doing, not trying to shrug out of a race suit and, and all of that stuff it's um they call it uh, i remember after before my first ever race for 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 great britain in uh, in innsbruck in 2007 the uh, uh performer the uh, my coach was a guy called dean ward and he was an olympic medal from the olympic medal winner from the 98 games you know and i've rocked up in the town and thinking this is fantastic and he comes into my room the night before and he goes right have you got your stuff ready for the morning i said oh no i'll just do it in the morning he goes no 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 he goes right tomorrow i want you to focus on one thing and one thing only which is and i want you to go to bed thinking about one thing one that is you know how what you know how many steps you're taking before you get into the sled where you're going to sit down this is your first race you have no experience and he said i think when you get up in the morning i don't want you to be thinking where are my gloves or where are my running spikes you know they all go into the bag tonight and they all packed and they're ready and then tomorrow uh you you know you you, you focus on one thing and they, i mean it's got a word everything you know they call it decision fatigue now like athletes don't need that yep. and um, and I do a little, you know, I do a bit of work with, um, you know, I, 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 I'm a, a love of tennis and uh, uh, obviously we just led on to doing the business I do now but you know I work uh, yeah I mentor a few of the younger up and coming te- uh, you know, tennis players and I, and I always go through that look you know yeah I, if you got all your stuff ready are you ready you know if you don't you, you know food you had your food at the right time this is all going to be right if you're going to deliver because you don't need to be thinking about anything else so um, yeah it was uh, so those things even then you know that just every like I said every little bit it's the marginal aggregation of improved you know gains isn't it that uh, that they talk about out and and that was part of it you know and and maybe that was a hundredth on the run you yeah. know maybe that was and then when you add them all up that's the difference between um uh you know eighth and an olympic medal yeah great journey great good story too good story yeah so mate what are you up to now like you just mentioned you're doing a little bit in tennis are you yeah so i, I worked so my kind of career i mean i worked in london for 
25 years and I, I, uh, the company that I joined straight out of university I ended up being the owner of by the time I left and we, we were uh, uh, it's like the old um, uh, Ray, Victor Kayam isn't it I liked it so much I bought the company but and so I, jo- I joined there straight out of uni and it was um, we, we were a Xerox dealer so we just sold uh, printers and in those days photocopies but we morphed into an IT company by the time by the time I left and I you know so I, I just worked my way through it's good great company great people it was really uh, uh, as a as a place to you know where my feet landed because you never really don't know much when you when you leave uni you know apart from how to have a good time <laughs> and um and yeah and you hope i had a good feeling uh, you know that, that when i started uh, the two guys who ran it they were young guys in those days but great really um really good examples of how to run a company and and so i was really you know i was really lucky and and they were always you know they were super good at uh, allowing people to grow and do their best you know some people feel threatened by people who do well and and so as a, as a door knocking salesman you know in london in those days and and i loved it i couldn't believe you know i'm just walking around london and you know knocking on doors and getting appointments and you know to talk about printing firstly i, I can't even believe you know i looked about 12 in those days as well <laughs> you know the, uh, maybe if i was uh, uh, collecting for the for, for, for I don't know for something but anyway so it was, it was really good and I really enjoyed it and, and I you know I grew through it so I became a director in 2005 and then you know the guys who, who were only they were getting they were approaching their 60s and um, you know were looking to sell the company and so we did it by me and another one of the other directors was similar age I mean we were you know our late 30s and on 40 actually I was um, uh, you know to do to do a but to 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 effectively do a management buyer, and so I went from obviously yeah, from a director to an owner or an employer, and that and that was great. But that was about 2012, 2013, um, which explains why I got to 2014. I, that I gave up the bobsay stuff because it, you know it was all too much. Yeah, uh, but but I loved it. You know, we grew the company. I mean, we were um, in English pounds. We were turning over about 13 or 14 million when I, when we took it over, and then in three years we turned that into a 20 million pound a year business wow, nice it was great it was still a small company not big you know we had about 55 60 people but i got to i was approaching my mid 40s and I, you know because we so much of our revenue was generated by ink going onto paper or toner and I, I, my own feeling was i thought this technology's had its day you know because we all print so much less now and um and i thought where well, however we replace this it will never be it will never make the same amount and i just but also i wanted to do something different i was you know 45 I thought, if i stay much longer it, i'll be too old to change you yep. know or, or it'll be much harder so i sold up at the end of 2017 not knowing what i was going to do because if you're so engaged in some something on a day-to-day basis you can't really look at unless it something falls into your lap so I thought you know and also my kids were you know an age now I was getting up at five in the morning I wasn't getting home till half seven eight o'clock at night you know I was commuting into London I think I was just a bit burnt out yeah, you know and, and uh, but but there was but it's never one thing is it you know that it was wanting to see spend more time with my kids uh you know uh, uh and, and I really the desire to do something else and actually funny enough you know I think if you've only ever worked in one place which I had although it, it was a vastly different company in 1994 to 20 2017 but it you know it's like your own face it doesn't seem any different because you, you see it every day <laughs> but i think actually the experience of working in bobstay doing something different was a real it gave me the confidence to go okay you know maybe you should try something else so i finished it at the end of 2017 it's a very weird feeling you know we shut the doors at christmas and that was my last day on january the third when everyone went back to work and yeah i'm so used to like i'm so busy all the time i was like well, what do i do now you know <laughs> 
we're, we're, I was like looking out the window, like you know, like the like the the, the little lost dog waiting for his owner to return, you know. And I was like, well, I don't know. So, like, so I thought, well, I used to play tennis as a kid, and I really enjoyed it. So I went and joined the local tennis club, and a great place. I mean, again, I, you know, I'm really lucky that, that suddenly you bump into a bunch of really really good people and they were really they're a real progressive tennis club you know in terms of you know the the numbers that they they've achieved they were they were they was originally belonged to the RAF uh, Royal Air Force and and they were pretty much on their knees at the turn of the century and then the management team that came in have turned it around it's got six indoor courts it's you know it's fantastic you know we've had 10 junior 10 players either go to junior Wimbledon or main draw Wimbledon wow, in wow. the last 10 years and um, so we've got 30 kids into full scholarships in the States you know it's a, it's a great place and I thought I thought well, this is great tennis has moved on a bit and then you know I started playing and I started playing a few matches you know and there was like well, where were all the other facilities? You know, like because they were there, they got six indoor court. There were there were none, literally none, and it was all like this. This hasn't really moved on. Um, so then I thought, well, you know, why? And so then I started looking at it uh, as a looking at compared to well, how do we compare to other nations? And we're so far behind like France for instance I mean that we have a, an indoor tennis court for every 42,000 people in the UK they've got for every 7,000 people right so wow. there's six times more but also their weather's way better than ours <laughs> you know it rains all the time you think we'd be perfect so there, there and then I thought well how you know what how, what are indoor courts made of so then I, I just did really I went all around the world looking at different technologies so basically what we do now is we import uh, I settled on this company in Poland who do uh, um, you know, and, and, you know, if you look at the difference in wealth from what we have in tennis in the UK compared to Poland, but they've got all these great facilities, and it isn't just tennis; it's all sports. So it's mm-hmm. multi-sport. We're doing a lot of work with cricket. I mean, even even working on a project with British baseball and softball at the moment. Okay. It's multi-sport. It's it's all sorts. The tennis being the main market because of, it's just it really benefits from from indoor tennis. So uh, so and and basically what we do is we import their their you know we send over all the the architects' drawings and, and sizes, and then they make them, and then we we import them over and in, and install them. You know, but they're so they're primarily they're wood frame or steel frame with a double PVC um, exterior. So it is the it's the most cost effective way to create a year round performance environment, wow. or, or just a year round environment where people can uh, train. It's a, you know it's a well established technology. I mean, it's a very much like the air domes that we have had in the past, or they still exist too, but with the frame to keep them up because you know the cost of energy now to yeah. inflate an air dome is is, is horrendous you know mm-hmm. like yeah and also from an environmental point of view you know joke you know so so yeah it's, it's, it's quite mad you know so i then did what i've always done got busy got on the phone you know <laughs> uh, understood the business model but the interesting thing is you know I, I thought well i need to know everything about the construction you know like what it's made of because i don't it's just not my industry you know so but it turns out actually that isn't the challenge for sport you know you know they they, they love except the fact it's a good product and it's a really 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 good product but what well, their challenge is well how do we fund this where's the money you yeah. know to do this which you know we did a sport england grant uh, eight years ago and it took us weeks and and we weren't successful and you know it was really hard you know we don't know the process and you know so so then i thought well okay let's find out where all the funding is and there's pockets of money everywhere like i didn't realize if you're near a landfill site you know for instance they that they have to provide money for the local community for community projects 
So then you start finding, okay, right. So you're there. There's some landfill money there. There's some council money here. There's some lawn tennis association money. So then we'll go to a club and go, right. So indoor, you know, and then also it's got to be in the right area because if it's in a built up area, you'll never get it through planning. So, you know, we're working on a few club relocations at the moment about taking them out the town center, you know, putting houses where the, t- the sport area is to an area where they can build proper facilities, you yeah. know, and using that money to do it. So it, it, it's, and then they want to know, well, how do we run it? You know, like we don't have any experience of running an indoor sense. So then we help them with the business plan. And it was great, obviously, at the tennis club I'm at, you know, tapping into their knowledge about how to, so we can help other clubs make that transition from a seasonal, because it really is a seasonal sport if you're an outdoor, because it rains, you know, all year in the UK. And, you know, they have to be ready for the four days of sunshine that they get <laughs> to be able to play. Oh, you know, everyone rushes best. to the courts that's to do it. So, so, so then it's really helping them find the money to do it uh, and then also help them make the transition because they're the things that matter uh, uh, to them and then you know doing good things so yeah I mean we lost so really we I started that in 2019 and we, we started building up some good prospects then we lost two years to COVID but so we're we're rocking and rolling now and we've got we got our first builds coming up um, in the next 12 months they're just going through planning at the moment and I think you know it, yeah so it's all systems go mate I mean it, and it's great you know I'd, I used to have to wear a suit and go into London every day now I put on a tracksuit you know and, uh, <laughs> Awesome. And uh, and just travel around the country talking to sport. I mean, but you know, I've been all over the place. I was in Scotland the other week, you know, and and just getting out there, you know, and 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 engaging with people because that's the only way you can do it, you know, and, and make them realise it's actually. And they'll go, actually, this is more achievable than we thought it was. You know, it's uh, it's more affordable than we thought it was because of there's this potential money available. So yeah, it's yeah, it's been uh, it's been brilliant actually. I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it, and hopefully that will then now turn into something that um, you know. Ha- is is um, yeah some buildings at the end of it, but yeah no the the outlooks uh, is is great mate. So no it's all good. You have you've got an amazing story like, and we didn't even touch on you used to race my motorcycles before you yeah, started yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. To, that to a yeah bobsled brakeman to a well let's just say sports entrepreneur because um that's what it sounds like and i don't think you're ever retiring just quietly if you sit back and have a good look at yourself <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know the I passion don't is forward. there like you wouldn't I, believe yeah but you just move forward didn't you i never i don't tend to look back you know I did, weird, I, weird things like you know i pick i picked up trophies along the way you know doing the odd sport but i don't i don't know i and it's terrible, but I throw them away. I just think, well, I don't, I, you know, I don't, uh, that was done. That was, you know, that doesn't matter now. It's where the, where the next one was. But I have to say, just on, on the motorcycle in front, I, that was the least successful thing I've ever done. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I loved it, you know, and uh, I did it for eight years um, and it was painful. I mean, but it'd be fair to say there was um, um, no beginning to my talents at, uh, <laughs> at motorcycle racing. But uh, yeah, I got one race win in 187 races. And, um, it's not bad. One for 187. Uh, so yeah, that, that, one for 187. <laughs> but but um, uh, 19 trips to the hospital. Yeah, so I you know, imagine. it's not quite the right, not the right ratio. But I loved it. It was great. Made some great mates. But yeah, no, there was definitely no no beginning to my talents at that sport. You know, <laughs> but uh, that was good, mate. Just before we finish up, I just for those people, yes. for us Aussies out here, they're listening to this, and, and it's mainly a fitness market, mate. What's it like going down? A bobsled track it, it's not what you expect okay. um you know because I, I finished motorcycle racing and and, and be, i finished motorcycle racing because uh my kids have been born and you know it's it's pretty dangerous you know you, and they miss i said, get it i said and I, I was ready to give up at that to be fair i was ready to give up anyway i'd, I'd, I'd reached the uh, uh i'd reached the bottom of where i was going to finish and um uh 
and then I kind of had a year, you know, a year out of just doing all the regular sports I've always done, like playing footy and, you know, uh, badminton and, and a few. But I'd always watch Bob say and thought, oh, I could do that. You know, stupid, <laughs> isn't it? You know, like, oh, you know, I've seen the film, you know, I've watched the Olympics. Because I was a good athlete, you know, I was yep. a 10 second 100 meter runner, you know, and, and I always, you know, in my mid 30s, I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. So I went on to, uh, you know, through the magic of the internet and they, it turned out they did like talent ID days, you know, where you, um, uh, where you can try out. So obviously to get through, obviously got selected, but then the first, and then we trained at Bath University where they have a bobsleigh on wheels and a track that, so we learn how to get into the sled. And, and then I, we did, then we went out and trained on ice. There's an ice house in Italy, Cesana, where you learn to run on ice. It's the same as running on, not on ice because the shoes are really good, but yeah. you know, some people find it a bit confusing. I, I, I never found it was any different. So the equipment sorts that out. But then there's that thing where you're like, now we, we're actually going to do it. We're going to get into a sled. <laughs> And, and it, we were in, um, so it was in, I really, I was thinking, I, I, I remember, like I was, I was crapping myself, you know, I don't mind because it's the unknown, isn't it? And, and so I, and I remember, so I was, it was a two man, which is infinitely easier to get into than a four man. Cause you, you, you know, you've got the driver in the front and you get in through the back. It's the easiest load. The side loads are much more complicated than a four man. There's only two of you. So, you know, so I but yeah, remember running along, pushing and jumping and getting in. And then it was like, the thing is the, the, the Bob, the Bobsay tracks are, are built on concrete base uh, and then they're they're artificially frozen mm-hmm. but there there are expansion gaps you know every few meters to allow for you know uh, temperature expansion because it's very hot and say for example in Italy it's 35 degrees in the in the summer but it, it's it's freezing in the winter so they have to be able to do it but even those expansion gaps creates like a bump as you're going along and this and you get in and you've got your head between your legs uh, which is probably not the best place to be in your in your first run down and and so it's the noise it's just like it's sort of it's like galloping horses like a whole load it's like, oh, and you're right? like oh my god yeah 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 like it's not smooth at all it's it's pretty but um apart from san moritz which is smooth because that's a natural track it's mm-hmm. built out they just it's compacted snow rather than a concrete base yeah. and then the g-force you're like whoa and it, and the thing is it builds and it builds and it builds because you just keep getting faster so you first bit you think why oh, it's a noise and the, the noise inside and you're inside like a tube really aren't and you're inside a tube inside a tube so this noise <laughs> you're like what? and then you then you hit you start to build speed then you hit your first big g-force uh turn because you you know you're going up right and it's like it's like knocks it knocks it out of you you know like it's like you know some i mean one of the corners in germany is 8g you know that's wow. that's eight times your body weight pushing down on you you like and when your head's right next to your ghoulies and you've got eight <laughs> 8g pushing down it's you know you've got to push back because uh and and um and also suddenly that you know you, you'll jump from one side to the next because you you might be going through two or three quick corners and then i realize i'm going down this um track and i go i don't know which way the course goes you know <laughs> uh, and that's one of the things you learn because suddenly you're being slammed so your head's being bashed on one side of the sled and then it's the other and then you've got this noise then you've got this g-force um and and then so this is my first run down uh on the penultimate corner we crashed Ooh. so first so run. yeah we were yeah first run down and i'm because one of the things i thought about goes oh i'll do this because it's a bit safer than mo- the motorcycle <laughs> racing and the next thing i know i'm bouncing all the track down my eyes and goes this is the same you know this is not this is no better you know like uh and uh, and i remember and, and the driver uh, was uh, john hillman at he goes oh, i'm really sorry mate and i'm like all right fine yeah and then i was like then i had the buzz just hit me and i was like this absolutely <laughs> brilliant like i mean i got such a high for 
for it. When are we going again? It goes, yeah, we're about a couple of hours. But some people hate it. Like, you know, some people will go through, have gone through the whole training thing. They love the idea of it. They've done one run down and gone, right, that's it. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not getting, we're not getting back in. You know, it, uh, nothing will on earth will make me do it. I mean, I really enjoy it. Not a lot of people love it. I mean, but I remember we did, um, yeah, uh, Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear and the, the Grand Tour. He, we did, uh, he, he came out to do, uh, he was doing some Christmas video about, um, you know, the, uh, extreme sports and we need and uh, the filming company were like you know we need you to do four runs down so we can get all the right shots I remember uh, and we did one we did one run down he gets out he goes I'm not getting back in that contraption <laughs> for any amount of money just use the stuff that you've got walked off and I thought well fair enough so it's some people love it but it isn't what you think you know it's not what you say it's pretty uh, there's all sorts of noise there's g-force there's you know uh, uh, yeah it, it's pretty um, yeah pretty wild I think think they're, they're right i mean I, I i'd like to love it i mean i did you know any chance if i could do it again i would um but it was um yeah it's uh, it, but it's not it's not for everybody uh, it's um one of the big uh, bucket list things we miss i remember you were having a sponsor's day and you said I wish you guys could come over and, and come and have a go. And back then it was a different business, so it was no. But it's one of those things when we all get together, we go, oh, fuck, I wish we actually got in the plane. And We, can, we, can, we can still do it, mate. We can still make it happen. Yeah, well, if we're over over there, I'll, I'll give you a little tap on the shoulder and see how we go. <laughs> Mate, any time you're over, mate, we'll sort it out, mate. Don't you worry about that. You're a legend. It's so good to chat, mate. Thank you so much for coming on board and um, and sharing your story. It's uh, it was like I said, it was one of the great things we've done here at Body Science, and there's been a lot of them. And I'm really thankful for the relationship that was uh, created over that time. And uh, I wish you all the best in your Holton Sports structure. You know, that sounds like it's something really cool. And yeah, mate, thanks so much. And you know, like I said, we what what you did for us, you know, can never say thank you enough. You know, you were part of that journey from from nowhere to to metal so um uh, no the thanks is all mine matey honestly no, i appreciate it and um stay in touch yeah okay buddy hey, no mate, thanks heaps you're a legend cheeky yeah. easy mate see you buddy thanks, yeah.